Hello and welcome to the documentary from the BBC World Service. I'm Katia Adler and I host the BBC's Global Story podcast. We make sense of one big news story every weekday with savvy BBC colleagues around the world. And we thought you'd like to hear this episode about the seemingly unstoppable rise of pop star Taylor Swift. Today, we're talking about the world's biggest pop star. She's just like an inspiration to like everyone and I just love her so much. Her mind-blowingly popular Eras concert tour, the Asian leg of it has just opened in Japan, is so huge it's boosted the economies of the country she's visited as part of it. And her romance with one of the star players at the Super Bowl this Sunday will cement her influence in almost every corner of American culture. Of course, I'm talking about Taylor Swift. Hi, I'm Taylor. But as much as her fans adore her, there's one group of Americans who seem to fear her. Just please don't believe everything Taylor Swift says. We're all begging you. Powerful allies of Donald Trump worry about Taylor Swift's political influence. If you're going to be honest about what you think and how you feel and what you believe in, like, it's just, you have to, I think, put it out there. But could she really swing a U.S. presidential election? With me today is Erin Delmore, our North America business correspondent, and very importantly for this episode, a committed Swifty, I understand. That is a big fan of Taylor Swift for the uninitiated like me. Tell us all why. Katya, I have no problem going on the record and stating that. Look, Taylor Swift is the person of the year right now. It's not my distinction. It's Time Magazine's from 2023. I think a lot of us have been committed to her music and her artistry for a long time now. For me, I think we could go back a little bit more than a decade. And as she's made her albums and grown as an artist and as a person, it's been fun to be close to this age cohort and grow along with her. You know, we talk about the eras tour and the eras that she's been through. I think everybody can hear one of her songs and remember where they were when it started playing in a cycle on the radio. And if it brings a smile to your face and you think it's a good bop, you're probably a Swifty. (laughs) I quite like that, a good bop. When you say that, you know, she's, she's having a moment right now, Mark Savage, our music correspondent at the BBC, he's described her as being in her imperial phase. I mean, that that's quite something to say. Ooh, my goodness, what a uh, title for an era. Look, she has her eras tour going on right now. That is the wildly popular, culturally seismic event of the year, of last year and this year, because it just keeps going, moving around the world. And at the same time, she's now won 14 Grammys. She's been at the top of the Billboard charts more times than I can count. She amassed a billion-dollar fortune. That's billion with a B. And she has this tight, personal, emotional connection with her fans. That's the thing that, to me, really resonates and kind of elevates her from superstar to almost cult status star. It's incredible. Actually, here in Belgium, there's quite a few universities do English language courses. And I think it's in Ghent. They've got an English literature course that looks at literature across the ages, so so spanning centuries. But everything is linked to Taylor Swift. So it's through themes in Taylor Swift's music. And the professor says, of course, the attendance at her course has doubled. And this sort of gives you an idea, not just of the loyal following, right, but also the economics of all of this. And Taylornomics, I think, is now an accepted phrase. Yeah, I've heard it. I mean, if the Fed, that's the U.S. Federal Reserve, if they're talking about the economic impact of Taylor Swift, 
she's probably onto something. And just like you said, it's almost like everybody wants a piece of this pie here. I mean, growing up, I remember a friend of mine launched a course at my alma mater about the poetry of Jay-Z's music. I remember seeing one about Bruce Springsteen. It's not an unknown concept, but this is rarefied territory for an artist to get into. And it's the kind of thing that spans generations and brings a level of legitimacy to something that could have been seen as frivolous. I mean, not every pop icon is taken as seriously as she is, both in terms of her relevance, not only to the industry, but in politics, which we're going to get to today, and in business and in her ability to move national and local economies and amass her own fortune as a savvy business person. There's a lot here, and there's a reason why she has so many eyeballs and so much attention on her. So you say this almost casually, you know, moving local economies. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's not a casual thing. <laughs> it's not. A, it is really not a casual thing. And I think while we're talking about cost of living crisis and also the music industry in crisis, Taylor Swift bucks the trend. And that tour that she's on, this era's tour, you went to one of her concerts. I did. Describe to us the atmosphere and the merch. I mean, just to give us a little idea about sort of the economic pull of all of this. Katya, it's an entire production. First of all, trying to get tickets. I think Taylor described this herself as going through a bear fight, just with people trying to get through Ticketmaster with that whole debacle of getting their hands on tickets. Personally, I live in New York City. Of course, I didn't get them in neighboring New Jersey. My friends and my sister drove out to Pittsburgh, which is not close. You know, that's probably a six-hour road trip. I think it took us. And what does that mean? That means that we filled the car up with gas. That means that we got a hotel for the night. It means we went out and we spent money on our outfits. And we had merch. We got little, you know, mirror balls that held drinks. And we had temporary tattoos and friendship bracelets and the works. Not to mention, yeah, I spent $50 on a t-shirt. I'm mortified to say it, but I did. All of this adds up. This is the highest grossing tour of all time, the first to surpass the billion dollar mark. And the Federal Reserve said it could ultimately generate something like $5 billion in consumer spending. I've seen numbers even higher. The Washington Post has $5.7 billion. And Katya, if you want to get your hands and your head around how big a number that is, that's like sending $17 and change to every American. A wild number. It's wild. And it means that every country where she's appearing on tour will also be seeing some kind of economic benefit. And what surprised me, again, I'm, I'm really sorry, I'm, I'm not a Swifty, but reading about her and learning more about her, I was interested to see that a recent poll in the US said that 53% of US adults describe themselves as fans of Taylor Swift. I mean, those are the figures that politicians would die for, really, isn't it? Whew, yes. You know, 53% is a nice big number. I used to work for someone who would say that you're not famous unless half the people in the country hate you. So that seems to hold. But 53% being fans is a big deal. And, you know, this poll uh, by Morning Consult was helpful in breaking down who we see as Taylor Swift fans. Largely, we're talking about women. We're talking about millennials. We're talking about white women and suburban women. And yeah, it's a cohort that you might expect. You know, I've I've been to quite a few Taylor Swift concerts at this point in time. It is who you see when you look around the room. Those are votes that every presidential candidate wants. 
we're going to go into the politics now because I thought it was also interesting in this breakdown that there's quite a that you know even though it's mainly women and white women there's men feature pretty heavily in there and Republican voters as well so if we have a look at, at some of the rows that we've been hearing about around Taylor Swift the most recent ones there's always rows around Taylor Swift and from some of the high profile types around Donald Trump and they seem to be angry. So Rolling Stone uh, has quoted a source close to Donald Trump saying that they are launching a holy war on the pop star. What is this about? There's a lot to unpack here, actually, because there's a very real messaging going on in politics and especially in right-wing circles that at the moment is very anti-Taylor Swift. Now, under that, we have a conspiracy theory that floats around, uh, and I'll explain it to you, but please keep in mind that this is a conspiracy theory. It's that Taylor Swift is a psyop, a psychological operation launched by the Democratic Party or the Biden administration or the U.S. government or the CIA or the Pentagon to basically, in short, throw the election to Biden. The idea is that the chiefs, her boyfriend is on the Kansas City Chiefs football team, uh, is engineered to win the NFL regular season and go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. And then she and her boyfriend will endorse the president. Now, that is uh, a lot, obviously, to take in. But what's very real is the reaction around it and that we've seen a lot of people from the right wing Republican side, sometimes called the MAGA Republicans, speaking up against Taylor Swift. Um, to me, this is an effective way to negate what might be an endorsement coming down the line from Swift to try to suck a little bit of the power out of that. Um, it's also potentially a way to start seeding some distrust in how this election is carried out. That's something that we have seen for years in American politics at this point in time. And it is something that the public is susceptible to picking up, absorbing and believing. So I see two very real undercurrents in this messaging and they're worth paying attention to. So that's interesting because, I mean, suggesting that Taylor Swift and her boyfriends are actually psyops, it, it does sound a bit mad, frankly. That's why it's a conspiracy theory. But if this is centered around the idea that she may end up endorsing Joe Biden. Let's have a look at what we actually know about her politics. She originated as this all-American girl, this goddess of country, if you like. And in those days, in those earlier days, there was nothing, no whiff of politics uh, around what she was saying. Yeah, I think for a long time, the thought here in the Taylor Swift camp had been, this is not my lane. My lane is making music, artistry, songwriting, not politics, not wading into the fray. And when you especially think about somebody who came to the music industry quite young, someone who was very careful about the fan base she cultivated and not alienating those fans, it makes enough sense. So what we're leading up to here, Erin, is the fact that Taylor Swift hasn't stayed quiet on politics a bit later. But that initial reticence, as well as her being so young and finding her way with her fan base as well, does, does it also have to do with the realm of country music in particular, do you think? Because the fan base there might be more conservative. Absolutely. And that is the reputation for country music fans here in the United States, that they tend to come from the central part or the southern part of the country, which do lean more red. You know, wading into a political battle or political issues isn't always a winning streak for an actor or an artist or a musician. A lot of times there can be blowback. We saw that with the Dixie Chicks. If I remember correctly, that goes back to the second Iraq war and they're a country band. And they were critical of George W. Bush at the time, the president at the time. 
And that alienated many of their fans. There was real blowback against them in the country music industry and in their listenership. And if you're a person who's coming up in country music during that period of time, that's not lost on you at all. And Dolly Parton is someone who serves as an example, couldn't be more popular in the United States and couldn't be more popular among both Democrats and Republicans. She has famously stayed out of the fray, um, even going so far as to decline invitations for awards from the White House because she doesn't want to be awarded from any one president from a political party over others. She is so careful about her image, and she has retained the love of people across the political spectrum. Well, from what I know of Taylor Swift, um, less about the lyrics, um, I'm afraid you'd put me to shame there, but definitely this is somebody who you can see carefully cultivates her image at all times. So what persuaded her and when to start getting involved or speaking out about politics. We do see her change her tune a little bit later in her career. And we can bookmark it. I mean, if you think about the year 2016, Donald Trump came into the White House, a real big moment in American politics and a divisive moment, a big reckoning for a lot of people who tended to lean leftward and a shock. She came in and in 2018, weighed in and supported the Democratic candidate for Senate in her home state of Tennessee. That person didn't win, but she urged people to register to vote, and we did see voter registration spike. Interestingly, she said she regretted not vocally supporting Hillary Clinton in 2016. And for someone who had been so private for so many years about politics, fans got to see the curtain peeled back a little bit in a documentary called Miss Americano. She talks about this decision to come out in 2018. The other thing, just from a security so you standpoint, think people- Taylor Swift comes out against Trump. I don't care if they write that. I'm sad that I didn't two years ago, but I can't change that. I'm saying right now that this Hold is her. something that I know is right, and you guys, I need to be on the right side of history. Yeah, and if he Taylor. doesn't win, that at least I, I, at least I tried. And that was the Netflix documentary that I have seen, Miss Americana. It's important to make clear, isn't it, Erin, that Taylor Swift hasn't said anything about whether or not she might endorse uh, Joe Biden's candidacy for, for president this year. But we have over the years learned a lot about her values. Absolutely. She's been vocal about her support for the LGBTQ community and her stance against race inequality. And we also see this in the actors she chooses to cast. She picked a transgender actor to act as her love interest in one of her recent music videos. Those kinds of things are not lost on her fans who look for the minutiae in everything she does. So we've talked about Taylor Swift's popularity, huge, huge in the US and some of her personal views. But it's quite something else to suggest that she could decide pretty much who's going to be the next president of the United States. So Erin, I hope you can explain all of that to me. This is the documentary from the BBC World Service. I'm Katia Adler, and today we're talking about the world's biggest pop star, Taylor Swift. Does she have the power to influence or even swing this year's US presidential election? With me is Erin Delmore, our North America business correspondent. Today, with a slightly different crown and perhaps some sequins, Taylor Swift correspondent today, Erin. Thank you so much. Now, I'm really, I am curious because I totally get that Taylor Swift is a huge phenomenon for fans in the US and and further afield. But to suggest that she could swing an election, to me that that just sounds a little bit exaggerated. But I'm sort of taking it that for supporters of Donald Trump to come out and be so vocal against her, they must have figures making them worry. This, This doesn't come from nowhere. 
I'm of two minds on this one, to be honest with you, Katya. On the one hand, we can talk about her influence, specifically among a demographic that Biden is largely lacking support in. That would make you think that, yes, if she came out in support of President Joe Biden for re-election, she could swing some valuable voters over to his side. Here's the second opinion I have on this. She did endorse Joe Biden in 2020. And to me, that leads me to think that she remains a supporter, or at least would probably not come out and support the Republican candidate, whether that's Donald Trump or someone different. And so I'm wondering what the mystery is. And I'm wondering what the real shock value is in her endorsement. Um, the second thing I'm wondering is whether people are as tuned into something like this as we think, or whether they're so dug into their politics already that hearing an endorsement, even from somebody as seismically powerful as Taylor Swift, does not actually hold sway for them. I'm wondering at a superficial level, are some... Donald Trump supporters worried because as you were explaining with some of that atmosphere at Taylor Swift concerts, because if Taylor Swift likes something, Swifties love it. I mean, just to get a taste of it, my colleague Nomia Iqbal has just been to Kansas City this week. It's home of the Chiefs, the team that Taylor Swift's boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, plays for. And she's been speaking to football fans and Swifties there. I mean, together, they make up a massive chunk of US society. Nomia sent us this voice note from Kansas. Hi, Katya. In the Kansas City stores, lots of football fans were buying their T-shirts for this weekend's Super Bowl final. But what really jumped out was all the Swift merchandise. Red and yellow shirts and jumpers. Those are the football team's colours, by the way. But with the writing, I'm just here for Taylor. And if you watch some of the conservative networks like Fox News, many Donald Trump supporters seem to be worried about her political influence. I mean, she has the sort of popularity that Donald Trump and Joe Biden dream of. Many Swifties I spoke to say they don't think people will literally back her candidate of choice, but that she may have the capacity to get young people out to vote. However, for others, they don't care about the politics. For them, it's the music and the football. It's funny because... I'll back us up. We are talking about a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, gorgeous country star and her uber-famous football player boyfriend. This is something that you would think would actually be very popular and very palatable among the right wing or the Republican Party or the southern or middle parts of the United States and, in fact, across all states. Um, if we back it up and we zoom out, it's actually striking that this is such a controversy and such a divisive note here. Here's what we know. We know that Taylor Swift's presence at NFL games has upped viewership, especially among women, especially among young women and young people. We know that that has also increased sponsorship and revenue. We know that when she attended her first game, sales of her boyfriend's jersey spiked. And we know that that one game had much more viewership. I believe it was something in the 60-something percent higher than the same game in week three a year prior. That influence is real. The other question is, do star endorsements really make a difference politically? Because you love Taylor Swift, but would it change your, your voting tendency? Oh, there's so much that goes into a vote. And that's part of why I wonder about the effectiveness of these celebrity endorsements. So Katya, let me turn it a little bit for you. What if an endorsement doesn't convince people to vote for a certain candidate, but it convinces them to come out and vote? 
people who would have stayed home on that Tuesday in November anyway. To me, turnout is the big question here and voter enthusiasm, whether somebody will pick a friend up and go to the polls with them, whether somebody will drive their elderly parents to the polls, whether someone will put a yard sign out in front of their house. Those are the kind of things that I think move the needle more so than convincing someone to vote for a certain candidate because their favorite celebrity will do it. It's interesting, isn't it? I think normally Taylor Swift is associated with teens. But as you were saying at the start of this episode, with that very useful breakdown of Taylor Swift fans, it showed us that the biggest chunk of her fan base is actually amongst millennial white women. Aren't these the kind of women who would be voting Democrat anyway, according to figures? Yes, that is true. It demographically holds not just for this election season, but for many elections past. But let's dive in here, because this is bound to be a tight election where every vote counts. President Biden, in his re-election bid, is underperforming with a lot of key demographic groups, and some of these Taylor Swift fans are among them. We know this from a new poll that came out from NPR, PBS NewsHour, and Marist. President Biden won the women's vote in 2020 by 15 points. What does he lead with now? Only four points. His margin of support with them has narrowed dramatically. He's still leading with suburban voters. He's up plus 16 there in a hypothetical head-to-head matchup with Trump. And he leads against Trump by seven points with Gen Z and millennial voters. That's another core Swifty demographic right there. And it's actually the largest lead he has of any demographic group. But younger voters largely disapprove of the job President Biden is doing in office. Try to jibe those two things. That makes for a rough picture for President Biden when it comes to getting people to come out and cast their votes. That is where a celebrity endorsement can really come to play. So we've established why conservatives close to Donald Trump might feel threatened by Taylor Swift's power and her popularity and her strength of feeling over values and and speaking out when she chooses to. But what I want to know is, is the Biden campaign actively wooing her? I mean, we know they're trying to get various stars and musicians on board in different states around the primaries, but is there a swift attack? (laughs) Yeah, you bet. There reportedly is. Uh, She would be, uh, by most reported accounts, the endorsement of their wildest dreams. She's the top of the list. And this is something that candidates go through every election cycle, right? They're looking for not just the biggest, loudest, most popular voice, but different voices. They want people who speak to different groups in the population who have that kind of influence and can talk about a candidate or urge people to go out and vote. Um, A really good example is back in July 2021, we saw the pop star Olivia Rodrigo go to the White House in, I will note, a perfect tweed ensemble. She looked incredible. And she met with President Biden and his then chief medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, went to the White House, recorded a couple of videos to boost youth vaccination rates and did a back and forth presser in the White House briefing room with reporters. That was really popular. I remember that moment vividly and it got a ton of play online. That's the kind of thing that they want to be able to use celebrities for. So I would like to ask your thoughts as a Swifty, as well as a business correspondent and understander of all things US politics. I'd like to say, let's take a guess and a bet and the loser has to buy some Taylor Swift concert tickets. Um, That would probably break the bank. And I kind of have a feeling from our conversation, if I said to you, Taylor Swift, will she endorse Joe Biden? Yes or no? I don't think it's a very big question mark from what I've been hearing from you today. You know, sometimes we like to say it's not if, but when. 
that's how I feel about this. When would such an endorsement be well timed? You know, I'd, I'd make a little side bet with you on that one. I tend to think that the Thursday night of either party's nominating convention, which is right before the candidate comes out and speaks, is the biggest stage you have, right? So I'll I'll put a little wager on the table there, but I'm not springing for tickets. I will buy you a collector's edition vinyl of the next album. How about that? Okay, I'll go for that. And I also just want to ask you, could it be in Taylor Swift's mind then? We talked about the backlash that artists can face when they get mixed up in politics. Could Taylor Swift be thinking that if she doesn't get mixed up in politics this presidential year, that that could lead to a backlash against her from a portion of her fans? Yeah, I think that people are expecting more from their celebrities and more from their friends and families now amid such a heated time in American politics. It's a real topic of dinner table conversation and out at the bar conversation. And it's something that really divides families and friend groups and couples. People feel very emotionally about the candidates that they vote for, and they want to see their own beliefs reflected in the people that they respect and they love. And they want to see that turned around, vice versa. So that runs a very serious chance, yeah, of of hurting her popularity among her fans, or at least her fans sitting and thinking, well, why not? What was the holdup? Why didn't you? It's become harder and harder to be silent in American politics and still view yourself as a leader or an influential figure in any realm. That has to be something that weighs on her mind as well. Erin, a huge pleasure. And I'll do some more homework on listening to Taylor Swift in your honor. Thank you. <laughs> Katya, I am an enormous fan of yours and your show. So thank you for having me today. Truly. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to hear more from us, search for The Global Story wherever you get your BBC podcasts. 